I love storytelling. That's like my biggest thing. Like I used to be at parties all the time telling stories. People are just like sitting around like a campfire situation, just like huddling up and listening to me talk, tell some tell a story. I'm like you're really good at this. And I was like, okay, maybe I should. Can I do something with this? What can I do with this? And so I started doing open mic storytelling shows like in around New York City. And I was terrible. I had like the worst stage fright of all time. I like panicked on stage and just couldn't do it. So after a few times of full out panic and stressing myself to almost needing to go to the hospital, I decided that there's got to be another way to do these things. So podcasting was something that was starting to be a thing four or five years ago, whatever. I mean, before that, obviously, but I was thinking about it like four or five years ago and I was like, maybe I should do this thing. Welcome to Chatting Over Chowder. We're your hosts, Bethany and Sherline. Chatting Over Chowder is a podcast where we ask people in the podcasting industry what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder. Join us for some fun, laughs, and tomfoolery. Get your spoon ready. We're about to dive in. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Chatting Over Chowder. I am Bethany. And I'm Sherline. And Chatting Over Chowder is a podcast where we talk to women in the podcasting industry about podcasts they listen to while literally eating chowder, even on hot summer days. And today we have Sarah Curlin with us. We're so excited to have Sarah. So excited to be here. Such a big fan. I love this show. Mm. I love y'all. I'm just so excited to be here. And we love you. We're so excited to have you. So I am going to read your bio because it's been 10 seconds since somebody told you who you are. So let me tell you who you are now. So Sarah Curlin is host of the podcast Anxious AF. If you don't know what AF means by now, I am not going to be the one to tell you. Where she and her guests discuss their experiences with anxiety. She's also the writer and director of the YouTube series Film Life Rules which help film production newcomers learn the basics of what they'll need to know on set. In a former life, she worked in production on countless independent films and reality singing competitions. She is currently developing more podcasts and continuing on the never-ending journey to find fulfillment and happiness. Fucking love you, Sarah. What a dream. I'm in the dream you right are now. a dream. I'm so excited to have you on. You've done so much and like, the background production behind the scenes. So tell the listeners how you got into podcasting, how you got into production. What's, what's your story? What's your origin story? Because you're a superhero. I love it. I am. Look at me. Look at it. Uh, <laughs> so for podcasting, I I love storytelling. That's like my biggest thing. Like I used to be at parties all the time telling stories. People are just like sitting around like a campfire situation, just like huddling up and listening to me. Talk, tell some tell a story I'm like you're really good at this and I was like okay maybe I should can I do something with this what can I do with this and so I started doing open mic storytelling shows like in around New York City and I was terrible I had like the worst stage fright of all time I like panicked on stage and just couldn't do it so after a few times of full-out panic and stressing myself to almost needing to go to the hospital I decided that there's got to be another way to do these things. So podcasting was something that was starting to be a thing four or five years ago, whatever. I mean, before that, obviously, but I was thinking about it like four or five years ago. And I was like, maybe I should do this thing. Just, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, 
But I guess, you know, Google's my friend and I can figure it out. And yeah, and then I just bought the stuff and was just like, I'm going to talk about anxiety because that is me. That is my brand. And I have to just work with that. And uh, yeah. And before that, I was doing uh, I got I went to school for film and uh, couldn't get work, really. Uh, But I got uh, an internship on an independent film that eventually hired me for twenty five dollars a day to work for twenty two hours a day. Uh, to be a locations manager uh, on a set. And then that sort of snowballed into work and then panicked a lot and finally found a steady job in the industry working for cam- like camera rentals and stuff like that. So that's sort of the a very abridged version of my my w- way out. <laughs> Is it legal to pay someone 25 hours a day for 22 hours of day of work? Probably not. Probably not, but you know what? I did. I wanted to do anything for coin. You know, when it was like, I was like, I either make zero dollars or $25. So I guess I'll go with the 25. I'm not going to do what I have to do. What I have to do. I was paying for a sublet in Park Slope um, with an old lady that I found on Craigslist who didn't turn her lights on um, and she wouldn't let me use the kitchen. So I had to store everything in my cabinets. And have like little ice packs and things like that. So uh, I was doing that while living there while working on set every day. And before that, I was commuting from New York to Massachusetts because I was still living with my family. Um, And I was a waitress at an assisted living, which was my high school job. So I just went. I did both of those things when I was still interning. So and then when they decided to pay me, you know, the five cents, I moved in, you know, I moved in for every day and just worked till the job is over in a couple months. And then just moved to New York after that. You say it's so cavalier. I it just mean it's just what happened. Totally. You know what I mean? And I'm like, did I do that? Was that a thing that I did with my life? How did I just jump to doing things? Because that's not who I am. Now I'm like, I have to write lists and like figure <laughs> out like, huh? When we're young, yeah, it's youth, and right? Like reckless stupidity. Reckless. You can take on the world. And now I'm like, okay. How much do I have to calculate in my budget? Where's my spreadsheet? Where's all my Google documents? <laughs> Listen, but I, I want to be back to that now. Like, you know, that was when I was 22, 23. And now I'm 34. And I'm like, all right, how do I get back to that sort of level of doing what you want to do for the things that you love? And just it's just throwing caution to the wind. You know what I mean? Because now there's no caution and no wind. It's just me doing the same day to day, day in, day out, getting the paycheck, going home. And, I, you know, and I get to still I still do the podcast for fun. But, you know, I I want to do more things that I love all the time. Then I'm inspired by y'all for doing the show and, you know, with your company and, and all those things to to you, you, you know, you, Bethany, like, you know, left your dreams or left your day job to, to make your dream happen. And I'm just I'm in awe. So. I'm just following in your footsteps. I I think so much of that, though, is when we're young, we really feel like we have nothing to lose. We feel like we have the rest of our lives. And then after you spend so much time struggling, it kind of becomes a trauma in a way. And then you just crave stability. And then once you've had that stability, you're like, where's the fun? that I used to have, like the enjoyment for life that I used to have. And it's kind of just finding a way to get back to that. And 
working on those traumas that like because again we also we crave that like stability but like enjoy the things that we like want to do in life we want that balance does the balance really exist I'm not sure but I you know it's that extra work that we have to do I think with ourselves just to really like remember why we loved what we loved and why we worked so hard to get there and kind of find a way to add a little more not too much to the point where you're stressing yourself out because again that's how we all become anxious af nice tie-in um, great work but, but definitely but definitely i think it's it's just finding a way to create that balance which i think is difficult for everybody but um and, and i agree with bethany to leave something that was so stable but also so stressful and you know what i mean being like okay they're both hard i just have to choose what hard like which one's going to be my hard and I think that you need to honor your persistency because that whole time in your life, you were persistent in getting to where you, you wanted to be and achieving what you wanted to achieve. And that kind of drive and force is always within us, even if we're tired and overwhelmed and we're not feeling it anymore. We still know that we can kick that into mode if it necessitates. Yeah, usually it's like when you hit survival mode and you're like, whoa. Yeah, you you hit your your bottom, whatever that is, and you're like, I have to I don't have any other choice. So yeah, I fully, I fully get what you're saying. And I love that you're using <laughs> you say, look, I'm anxious, this is my brand. <laughs> you get it. And I I freaking love that because so many people, it's hard for them to say I'm anxious or I'm scared or or people are just like, do it afraid. It's fine. Just put one foot on in front of the other, which I, I thoroughly believe. Like if, if something's worth it and you're afraid, do it afraid. However, for somebody who has chronic anxiety and you and I have discussed this, you actually interviewed me for for your episode. I resonate with you so much when you say, I can't do that today. Today, my best is just changing my underwear. That's pretty good, though. Like, that's my best. That's the best that I can do today. But that's speaking up for yourself. And I think when you advocate for yourself, you it, things start to change for you. You know what I mean? Um, because I feel like you got to that anxious place by never having advocated for yourself, by trying to please everyone, by trying to do everything the way everybody else wants it. Yeah. Made me think of uh, literally a couple weeks ago, I got to a breaking point at my, my nine to five and told the owners of the company that I can't do all this work anymore. I have to demote myself. Like I was running a whole department. Plus, I was doing all my responsibilities as part of the department. And I was like, this is too much. I had two panic attacks in the same week. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like, I'm just at my point where I'm like, I'm this is this is it. I literally cannot do anymore. I do not have the capacity for this. And for me, I'm so afraid of confrontation. I'm so afraid of somebody else's emotions. Like, that's a lot of my anxiety is like, 
I don't want to hurt somebody. I don't want to be responsible for their hurt, even though logically I know that I'm not. But that feeling of like causing somebody any sort of grief brings me so much stress. But I was like, you know what? The only one that's going to look out for number one is you. So the only choice you have is to stick up for yourself. No, that's so true. And it's so powerful. Um, and I think like to uh, jumping off of what Bethany said, I think it's incredible that you've kind of branded yourself with that um, because I think it's super relatable. I think a lot of people need feel the need to put up this facade constantly um, that like everything's good. And, and I mean, in our social media age where we're only seeing the highlight reels of people's lives, um, it's nice to finally get someone who's like, mm, no, not shit's not okay. You know what I mean? And, and it's okay for me to sit here with my emotions and like figure that shit out. Um, but I was listening to your um uh, last episode of uh, your podcast and but you guys need to go in and listen and it was kind of like it was a throwback for you know compared to like what we're dealing with right now because this was like at the height of the uh, election before um, you know Biden had won where everyone's just like what is going to happen like the trajectory of the world like it, it's going to flip and it kind of it put me back in that space again where I was like oh my god I almost forgot how anxious we all were at that time. I'm like, I like, it's so crazy to think that so much has happened in such a short amount of time. Cause it really wasn't that long ago. Um, but just seeing like kind of getting back into that space again and seeing where everybody's just questioning everything. How, how do you think you have helped your listeners? Um, with dealing with those anxieties and like, and I don't know, just bringing them to light where some people don't even want to talk about it. Well, first off, thank you for listening to the show. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think why I did the show and why I started it was because I wanted to, it's also, it's therapy for me at the end of the day, like writing these stories from my life. Cause there's some episodes where I tell stories about my own life. Um, and, you know, I've talked about panic attacks at work and having it set to music and adding more anxiety to it. It was it was therapeutic to do those things, even though it stressed me out to edit them. Um, but for me, it's all about sharing my experiences and making it something that we talk about because I didn't know what anxiety was as a kid. And I but I knew I had it. I knew there was something that freaked me out all the time. And it just kind of continued throughout my life. So I wish there was somebody that I could talk to then or could share stories with then and just realizing how common anxiety is now um, or at least people talk about it more now and there's a lot of self-help podcasts and shows and, and things like that. But I just wanted to share my experience and hear about others' experiences and give them the space to to share them and in the hopes that it can help somebody. And to be honest, after the first season came out, um, Someone that I knew as a kid and that I reunited with on set years later, he reached out to me and said that, well, first he called me the Sally Jesse Raphael of this generation, so that killed me. Uh, but then he said that he told me his whole life story, like basically everything I missed over his life, but he was like, I related to all of these so hard and we reconnected from that. And someone else that I went to school with that I didn't really know very well reached out to me and said like, I've had issues with eating too. 
and I've had issues with alcohol and I've had issues with all these things and our stories mirror each other. And I never would have known that if I didn't do this show. So if I, there's a song that I used to love uh, called The Deafest Ones by this artist Kenna. And he said that if I'm only heard by one, then my purpose in this life is done. And I live by that because it's really, you know, moved me to just keep doing what I'm doing. So thank you. What you said is, is so important. And I think when we see Olympian athletes saying, I am sitting this one out because I need to do that for my mental health. And then you see this visceral reaction from people in the negative. It's shocking. Now, even with all of these discussions that we're having about mental health, how people still, because it's not tangible or because it's not a quote unquote physical illness, even though it does, mental health overwhelms your physical being. And it can very much lay dormant until it formulates itself into a cancer, into an illness, into bronchitis. It can manifest itself in a way so that you're quote unquote physically sick. So it is a physical disorder <laughs> at, at the very beginning, but people don't take that into consideration. So I know that podcasting can be exhaustive, especially when you're being so open and so vulnerable. So how do you balance a very vulnerable pod podcast with your everyday life? Well, first, it's been sort of weird that... Uh... You know, if I tell people I do a lot of speed dating and like online dating. And if I tell people I have a podcast, they want to go find it, obviously. And then they meet me and they've heard every single episode of the show by the time they meet me. And so then they meet me and they're like, they know everything because I don't hide anything. And I don't or, you know, I I want to be open with my experiences. But then people are either like taken aback by how much information they now have. And now it's very uneven because I know nothing about them. So it's something that I'm trying to balance where I'm like. Do I just say, like, I have a podcast, but until we get to know each other, I'm not going to tell you what it is, <laughs> you know, because I I, I want to be able to grow organically with somebody if I am going to date them. And if they already have the sort of uneven expectation or they know all these things and there's no there's no surprises, there's no nothing to grow with. Um, So I'm trying to figure out how to play that <laughs> now, but also um, now it's just trying to figure out, like what in each season I want to say and what the overall arc is going to be. And this upcoming season that I'm working on that will be out in the fall, um, you know, and also by the time I put them out, I've also changed. Like, cause we, I work on them for about a year before they go out. So I'm a changed person. I'm already like, Oh, I, this is six personalities ago. And so now uh, my theme sort of for this is, being present for my own life because that's where I'm at right now. And I don't feel, I feel like I want to be somewhere else all the time. And so what I want to express now is that, you know, as the prophet Aubrey Graham slash Drake once said, you only live once. So in that one life, if I'm just looking, if I'm just running towards the next thing, where am I going when I'm dead? 
You know what I mean? So I this season is now just about like I want to be I want to just shoot the shit with people that I like and that I've connected with and there's no agenda and we just talk about what we're going through, especially what we've been through in the past year and a half, whatever it's been now since the Panera Bread or whatever we're calling it now, <laughs> the pandemic. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think I'm trying to move it with my life, I guess, is the question or the answer to the question is just to, you know, join those things together. So it all kind of flows at the same time as I'm moving forward with my life. I love it. And when you can quote the Canadian biracial angel, I mean, the prophet, what else is what else is there to do? What else? Like, it's the only way to go down that road. It's the he knew when the hotline the only thing that spent. Yeah. <laughs> like, however, for a hot second, I was like, if I hear one more fucking person sing Kiki, I will lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> it won't be me. I'll tell you that. You've brought it back. It's in my head now. You hear it, right? <laughs> it may, I, it's gonna sit with you. You're gonna be. You're gonna be like in the bathroom. <laughs> no, don't no, do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. I was trying to not do it. <laughs> oh. He could be the prophet. He could be the antichrist. We're not quite sure. <laughs> Either way, he's rolling in funds. Rolling. He wakes up. Took gold coins on his eyelashes. <laughs> he literally is doing the backstroke in his room, rolling in funds. He he is Scrooge ducking his way through life. <laughs> you know what? That's my only dream, though. Drake really is. He might be my idol at this point. Really? <laughs> Just because he always really? he says the right thing. He knows about the hotline bling. He's always in his feelings. He's... <laughs> He is an emotional man, which uh, God bless. I'm all for emotional men. Um, but some of the stuff that he comes out with is whack. I, I <laughs> but it's catchy. I listen. I love this him on Degrassi. Is, That's where I know the man. He's 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 Aubrey Graham to me, or Jimmy Brooks, either or. Drake's like <laughs> my third name for him. So what Drake can provide you, even though he can provide you with really great hooks. He can't provide you with soup like we did. What a segue. You like that, right? Seriously, she's good at them. Flawless. She's good at them. <laughs> so what soup did you choose? And why did you choose it? And did you enjoy eating soup on a hot summer day? <laughs> I was like, I wish this was called like chatting over ice or something. So I could like, you know, just like stick my head in an ice bath. But, you know, I get that it doesn't really work word wise. So... <laughs> Um, it's all about the alliteration. Yeah, it's all about the alliteration. I get it, but it's too hot. <laughs> um, so I got the uh, potato and corn chowder because I was like, well, if I'm on a podcast where you have to talk, where you have chowder. I have to have it. And I'm from New England. So there was no New England clam chowder. So this is my best. This is my best bet. And I've told you, Bethany, that I'm upset that you didn't call it chatting over chowder because you're also a New Englander. And it just blasts for me, honestly. <laughs> So we actually spoke with um, one of the representatives from Spoonful of Comfort, and she was ch because they did at one point have corn uh, clam chowder, but it's seasonal. It's always clam season for us, but not for like the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a mandate for us because we are New Englanders and we're assholes like that. Um, 
But for everybody else in the country, they're like, what? Clam chowder? Clam chowder on a, on an August day? What are you talking about? That's crazy. <laughs> I'll take chowder of any kind at this point. It's just even though it's so hot outside, my brain was like, you can't turn down chowder, especially if it gets delivered to your house with rolls. <laughs> what a dream. So to have you had an opportunity to taste it? I have. The bowl is here. She's swimming in chowder. It's delicious. I'm living the dream. I'm so jealous because I really want to try. Like chowder is my favorite. So I really want to try the chicken corn chowder. I'm sending it to you through the Zoom. Trying to imagine the smell of it and everything. <laughs> it should be a smell thing. All five senses on. Uh, except the touch part. That might get a little creepy. Right. <laughs> if somebody could like reach in yeah. <laughs> and get your grab your spoon and taste it, I would lose my ever-loving mind. I would burn the laptop down. Like, crawl out, like, in the ring, like that that little crazy bitch in the ring, and, like, she crawls out of the screen and grabs your spoon, and there's like, nom, 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 and then crawls back out. <laughs> Black twist, that was Actually, me. Actually, you know what I would do? I would grab that little bitch, and I'd throw her in the shower. <laughs> I'd be like, I know, look, you've been in the well. You touched something in my house. <laughs> You now need to be scrubbed clean. <laughs> yeah, get in that shower. What are you doing? What are you doing? Wash that hair. It's scraggly and dirty and oily. I know it's like well oil. I get it. But come on. There's no need. <laughs> and, he- and here's where people can see my OCD. This is my... <laughs> of it like you're not as creeped out, but you're more upset that she's going to be dirty. She's been in that well. <laughs> I see what your priorities are, ma'am. It's so true. It's such a problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was sure like, you gotta pick it up. <laughs> because I called you out. <laughs> well, so one of the things um, we also asked you was to give us your two favorite podcasts. Um, so we listened to them and we want to know why you chose your favorite podcast. So the so one of the podcasts I chose was the show The Read. Um, it was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. Um, I've been a fan of Kid Fury, who's one of the hosts for years. I used to watch him on YouTube um, when he had the uh, shit black gays say video in that whole shit people say uh, era um, where everyone and their mother was making one of those videos. Um, and he's so funny and I just started watching his YouTube channel and then I found out he had a podcast and it's just, it's so funny. It's, they do a listener letter section every episode and what people write in is like bananas and they just, they're not therapists and they say they're not therapists, but their responses are really insightful and, uh, yeah, I just, and the way they read people at the end of the show and a lot of times I don't necessarily know what they're talking about because I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't pay attention to this. I have avoided the news all week because anxiety. And then they'll be like, this person said something stupid and uh, they'll go into it. And I'm like, OK, thank you for informing me, folks. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of the show. And um, what did you guys think of it? This is a lot of people's favorite. I think you're the probably the fourth person um who has mentioned this podcast so we've we've listened to it quite a few times um i do i think they're hilarious they make dissecting all the crap that's happening in the world funny and entertaining but like you said still have little insightful moments as well so you kind of get 
a bit of both. But no, I always I'm I'm always cracking up whenever I'm listening to that podcast. And I find them interesting totally from a podcast production management side because I swear that they don't do any editing. Yeah, I don't think they do either. Whatever they So it okay, so you hear it too, right? So like if somebody sneezes, if somebody is the phone sniffling, is the phone is always ringing. <laughs> always in there and it's and and, let me tell you this job this business this company has tainted my life forever because things that i never truly cared about ever i'm like oh what happened here (laughs) did someone not re-listen to it after they put it up like is that is that what happened it's like whatever Um, y'all used to this by now it's all on the table it is all on the table. It, there's no, so it's really long too. And I not only have anxiety, but I I truly have like ADD. Like my attention span just just diverts me and so I can't sit at one time and listen to an episode in its entirety. When I listen to it in snippets i so love it but if i'm trying to sit there for an hour and a half to two hours and listen to the whole thing i i just can't i just can't they're hysterical though like when i listen to it in snippets the especially when they're reading the letters from the listeners and they're offering their advice because they're like are you why are you even writing in you know the freaking answer like this dude is married he has like 13 kids you're you're like letting him go in raw dog. What are you raw doing? Dog. <laughs> like, what do you? Why? Why do you hate yourself? <laughs> like, figure it out. So I love that ass. Like their realness is really real. <laughs> oh, no, I love the list. Like the, everybody that writes in knows the answer, but they need somebody. You need somebody to tell them and be blunt. And they don't. They're not. I listen to other advice shows, and not that the read is an advice show, but. Uh, people like to kind of fluff up the listener usually on like advice shows or they're like a little more like trying to just like code it a little bit but Kid Fury and Crystal do not do that they're just like divorce your like, husband drag he's you cheated on you mud. like five times what are you doing <laughs> so the other was keep it which I had never heard of before Ooh, a new one it was a total new one. And I whenever there's a new one like that, I literally am like, ooh, I do podcast. <laughs> and I loved, I can't remember his name, but like the big burly black guy. Oh, Ira. Ira Madison. Yeah. <gasps> I just want to hug him. <laughs> I love his laugh. I love the things that he had to say. I'm like, oh, he's adorbs. I want to be his friend. I don't know if he wants I, to be my I totally friend. I want to hang with him. I'm, I'm gonna like stalk him on IG. I'm not gonna <laughs> his, lie. His Instagram is amazing. <laughs> so why did you pick that one? So I, I like a lot of crooked media podcasts, which is where Keep It is from. Um, because I used to listen to like Pod Save America and all these podcasts about like the world. But then they mentioned they had like a pop culture podcast, and it seemed a little more lighthearted than their heavier stuff. And Honestly, a lot of times I didn't want to hear the heavy shit anymore. And so um, I started listening to Keep It and I love I love it. I think it's like 
very lighthearted, but like the way they like talk about pop culture and the way that they talk about, you know, how Lewis, one of the other hosts was like, has random facts about people that have won Oscars in 1975. And he can just like, you know, do it off the top of his head. And I just love the dynamic between the three hosts. And I love their banter and their their sort of uh, they're just like the way that they connect the chemistry. So um, just yeah, I just I can if I ever do a podcast with another person, I just I use keep it in the read as like my sort of uh, inspirations because I want to be able to like connect with someone the way that they connect with each other. I love that. And and it truly is a dynamic that you can hear that they really enjoy each other. They really play off of each other's strengths. And it was so funny, the one that I was listening to, um, they were talking about having a guest on and a lot of times when they do have occasional guests, the guests won't understand, uh, won't really know a lot about the pop culture, culture in which they're referencing, but they're just there to pitch whatever the, you know, their PR person told them to pitch. And one particular person he knew he was a guest and he was pitching whatever, but he also knew all of this information regarding pop culture. And they were like, oh my God, you're like the coolest guest ever. Like they were just fangying and girling all over this guy. It was so cute. So our final segment is called Bisk, Please. So Sarah, tell the listeners everywhere that you can be found, what you're doing, what you're promoting. Are you making any short films? <laughs> all the things. Uh, so, uh, the short film stuff, I do an instructional series that's on YouTube called Film Life Rules. If you go to youtube.com and look up, uh, Film Life Rules, I believe it's just slash Film Life Rules off the top of my head. Um, and I do like little short videos about how to behave on a set if you're new to film sets and stuff like that. Haven't made one in a while. Trying to make one this year, hopefully. I'm going to put that in the universe. Uh, it's just a lot of work. (laughs) So I have to be mentally and physically ready. Um, but yeah, so I also am, uh, my podcast is called Anxious AF. Um, new episodes will be out this fall. Very, very excited. Bethany is one of my upcoming guests, which I'm very excited about. She's a lovely person. I can go on and on and on. Um, so you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also stream the show on anxiousafshow.com. Um, and you can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram at anxiousafshow. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at Sarah Curlin. Or my Twitter, which is Skurs in Shambles, because I'm in shambles. So I totally lied, because I want to ask you before we really, truly and utterly wrap up. If somebody is looking to get into film production or podcast production, what would your recommendation be for them? So for film stuff, I think this is such a cliche thing to say, but knowing people is key. It's more important than getting that film degree. Like, I have one, it's useless. <laughs> I tell anyone that wants to be on set, I'm like, don't go to school for it. Just, you got to know somebody. And, you know, there's all these groups on Facebook that you can start looking up where people are just looking for, you can even look on Craigslist, he was as sketchy as that is, um, and just make your way up, like start as a production assistant and then kind of move yourself towards... Um, the department in which you want to work in. So if you're interested in cameras and operating a camera, start working in the camera department um, or being a production assistant for the camera department and then working your way up that way. So I think what a lot of people do is just are like, I'm going to take whatever job I can get and just go there. But I think it's a lot better if you just want to go towards the area that interests you. 
And if you don't, you can just start as a production assistant and see what sets are like and see all the different positions and see what you're interested in and then start to pursue one of those. Because I didn't know in college that there was all these departments on set. You can be working in costumes. You can be working in the art department. You can be uh, working camera, lights. But you can also be working. There's someone at the location that just makes sure that you don't break anything. And if you do, the production has to cover it. So I didn't know that thing existed because people just broke things all the time as far as I do. But that was my first job. Like I, I had to just learn that was a thing. Like, and you just have to be ready to do anything because that's what people are looking for. So yeah, that's my, that's my bigger film, film thing. And just uh, be ready to stand for long periods of time. <laughs> so, so get those legs up, like be at home, just stand watching TV. Just stand. Yep. Sleep, stand, stand. <laughs> And you are 75% there. <laughs> yeah. As long as you just like rehearse standing as much as possible. Like you think you know how to do it. But after like 14 hour days of standing, you're like, maybe I didn't know. Everything hurts. St- standing's hard on the body. But for podcast stuff, I feel like I just jumped into it as well. I think it was something where I don't I don't pretend like I know what I'm doing. I know that that's like a humble thing to say. But I feel like I'm just guessing like and I think we've talked about this, Bethany, that like I, you know, I met you through like a podcast group that we're in. And a lot of those conversations are more about, you know, advertising or about uh, sort of recording software and, and just more of the technical stuff. And for me, I was like, I'll get the things. But for me, what's most important is the story and, and what we're the content at the end of the day. So you can do all the you can you know talk about the statistics and listenership and and the best way to advertise and you know Casper mattresses hey sponsor me but all you want but at the end of the day if the content's not good then what are you doing all that for so just have the passion for the thing and the rest will fall into place I think so true so so true We've had this conversation a few times, too, where it's like you could have the best sounding, like best audio quality for your podcast and the best marketing. But if your podcast is boring as fuck. It's so funny. I am actually in uh, another podcast group that, sorry, you're not a part of. And we were just in. having. I know. I Well, it's it's like black black podcasting. Oh, yeah. Don't let me in. <laughs> and I can't, I can't get you in. <laughs> You can't be like, but I know black people like this. Not like, that's <laughs> like, like I have a black friend. That's not going to work. So <laughs> no, okay, that was going to be my no, move. Not- <laughs> but we were just having this discussion yesterday because I posted. All right, a boxing match, audio quality or content. Only one can win. Who wins? For every person that said audio, another person said content. When pers- somebody said content, another person would say audio. And I am a ride or die content person. Because if your audio is super crisp, but the conversation is whack or the host and the guest or the host and the co-host don't like each other, that is going to be so problematic more so than the audio. Because I'm not going to want to listen because it's, it's going to cause a- angst within myself. Okay, I'm really going to wrap up now. <laughs> 
Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Your wisdom is always amazing and welcome. And I love who you are and that you honor who you are. I love your podcast. I love everything that you do. You're just you're just mad fucking cool. Don't you ever forget it. Yeah, seriously, it was awesome meeting you and actually getting to put a face to the voice. I am a stan of both of you and the show and what you guys are doing. And I've loved the interviews you guys have had. They're so insightful. And even if I didn't know you, Bethany, like I would have still listened anyway, because it's I've learned so much and it really has inspired me and the drive that both of you have and your stories have really been something that have helped my journey forward. So I'm just grateful for both of you. And now I'm glad to put faces to this whole experience. And now you're inspiring someone else. Full circle, baby. Full baby. circle. <laughs> and I got to compliment Bethany. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she hates it, but I love it. Like, so my throat chakra literally just filled up with phlegm when you said that. <laughs> I literally choked. Surprise segment. <laughs> Compliments, please. And now we are out. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. You're a dream. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Chatting Over Chowder. This episode is sponsored by Crackers and Soup. You can find out more about our guest and Crackers and Soup in our show notes. If you loved this episode, subscribe and drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, stay, stay super. super.